0: we hamilton and and just so thankful that um uh pastor's um giving us the opportunity i know we have a lot of different shoes to fill and we're going to miss a lot of people here but um uh give opportunity for people to step up and fill those shoes and uh and so you're more than welcome to uh to help out in other ministries that we've been uh a part of and um but so uh, we're just really 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 thrilled to to um uh that the hamilton is entrusting his church to us and uh just pray for us as we're there ministering to the people in limerick and uh we're just praying that we'll see some people get saved that uh, the church will grow and things like that and um, and so just pray for us while while we're up there we really appreciate that um, so if you would go and turn your bibles to um, isaiah 59 verse 1 and 2 we're going to look at this verse a little bit here in just a few minutes um but this evening, um, what the Lord put on my heart this last couple of days is um, hopefully it'll, be, it'll, it'll help someone tonight. I'm really praying that it'll help someone. And uh, what I want to preach about tonight is how to respond when our prayers seem like they're not being answered, when it seems like God is silent. And how, or, how to respond when we go through those, those times like that. Um, one of the greatest gifts that God has given to every born again believer is the gift of prayer. Uh, I mean, I'm so thankful that, um, you know, it humbles me to think that God, the creator of the universe, wants me to talk to him. I mean, think about that. Almighty God wants to hear your voice. And that's something that we should be thankful for. And I know sometimes, um, you know, it, we feel humbled by it, and so we don't pray, and we're going to look at that here, but I'm also glad that God's not just a statue somewhere that is confined in, in that little spot that, first of all, cannot hear, and that um, cannot move, cannot be omnipresent, and instead that, He actually is. He's everywhere, He's all-knowing, He's all-powerful. And, uh you know, I, I, I think about what Habakkuk says in chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. It says, Woe unto him that saith to the wood, Awake! To the dumb stone, Arise! It shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in the midst of it. But the Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before Him. And a lot of people all around this world are putting... Uh, so much emphasis and so much of their attention towards these idols of stone, these idols of wood, and yet we get an opportunity to pray to living God. Um, it's, it's a blessing that we know uh, God, that we know the Most High. Um, but sadly, this great gift that God has given us can be taken for granted, and we don't take advantage of it. And sadly, most Christians today spend very little time praying. I mean, you ask most Christians, I mean, we've probably seen all the reports and the statistics and things like that, and most Christians don't spend more than five minutes a day praying. And they wonder why they don't see God do anything. They wonder why God's not uh, alive, alive in, their, in their life. But I believe there are several other reasons why Christians do not pray. I think the, one of the reasons is is that, first of all, they've never been taught how to pray. I know when I first got saved, I didn't know how to pray. I was afraid to pray. I didn't know what to say, how to say it. Um, and so it was a it was a learning experience for me even to, to learn how to pray. I still don't know how to get it all down. Um, and I mean, even the disciples of Jesus asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And so one of the reasons why I think well, people don't pray is because they don't know how. Um, secondly, they just don't make time. They don't make time to pray. There are so many distractions in this day and age that it is vying for a person's attention. And, uh, and so we have our schedules so filled up that we just don't make time to pray. Maybe they feel insecure and inadequate that when they do pray, not realizing that God wants them to approach Him with boldness and without shame. Uh, I mean, yes, we should be humbled the fact that God wants us to be in His presence, but he has enabled us because we, we are His children. And He wants us to come and to pray. He wants us to, to take that time. He wants us to cast our cares upon Him. He wants us to pray. But yet, sometimes we don't pray because we don't want to bother God with that. And that should be the exact opposite. We should cast everything. Give everything. Every worry. Every trial. Every concern in our life. Give it to Him. Another reason why is maybe because they haven't had their prayers answered like they wanted God to answer. And so they gave up on God. You see, a lot of people think God is, is like a genie. You know, if they you know rub the lamp and, and God is there at their beck and call to answer whatever prayer that they want. He's not that way. He's not that way. Uh, and so when, when God doesn't answer their prayer according to how they want it, uh, then they stop praying. And lastly, they just don't see the importance of prayer because to them, God seems to be silent in their life and not answering their prayers at all, and so they give up on prayer. And uh, of all these different many reasons why Christians do not pray, I want to focus tonight on the last one. See, sometimes it does feel like God goes silent in our lives at different times in regards to prayer. It seems like you know our, our prayers aren't being answered. Uh, it just seems like nothing is going... Uh, as we're, we're asking and, and, and praying God about. And, uh, and so tonight, we're going to look at how to respond when those times occur. Before we dive in, let's go ahead and go, Lord, in prayer. Father, we thank You so much, Lord, again for Your grace. We thank You, Lord, for this gift of prayer. Lord, I pray that You would. Lord, speak to our hearts tonight. God, I pray that um, uh, there's someone going through a hard time right now. Lord, that they need You. We all need You. But Lord, I just pray that you would just speak to someone's heart tonight. Lord, if they're not saved, that they would get saved tonight. But Lord, if there's something stopping them from you answering their prayer, uh, Lord, that they would get that right tonight. And Father, I do thank you for your word, Lord, for your love, and just, uh, Lord, just wanting to be a part of my life. And, um, I thank you for that. Lord, teach us and speak to our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the first, uh, first, uh, Way of responding when your prayer is not answered. First of all, and as our memory verse is showing, you need to get right with God. Um, you need to confess your sin and forsake it. Uh, as we've been begun looking at our memory verse this month, you'll notice that it reveals right away what is usually the number one cause for God to not hear your prayer. Uh, if you look, if you're there in Isaiah chapter fifty-nine, verse number one, it says, "Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened." that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Uh, pastor was pretty much preaching all this point anyway before I got up here. <laughs> but, um, we're going to look at it a little bit deeper than that tonight. Um, but verse one shows that first of all, God is a God of salvation and that he's also a God of prayer. I'm thankful for that. Um, and it reveals that, uh, he desires to hear from you. I mean, he hears everything in every language even the unspoken prayers of your heart he can hear it um you know and, and sometimes i just step back and i think and i and it just amazes me no matter what tongue no matter what uh is on our heart god can hear that and that just that just blows my mind away um you know i i'm thankful that he says in jeremiah 33:3 call unto me and i will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He wants us to pray. I mean, and that should should encourage you more than anything to spend more time in prayer with Him because He wants you to speak to Him. He wants you to talk to Him. But verse number 2 reveals the biggest reason why our prayers seem to not be heard. It's because of our sin and our iniquity. Uh, Turn with me, if you would, to Psalm 38. We're going to be using our Bibles a bit tonight. And so turn with me to Psalm thirty-eight. And verse number eight. Show you a couple of places where it seemed like uh, David was kind of going through this these valleys, these times where uh uh his heart was burdened and it seemed like God was not not answering him. But look at verse number eight in Psalm thirty eight. David writes here, he said, I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before thee and my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panteth, my strength, my, my strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes it is also gone from me. How often have, we, have you and I been like that in that position? Where it just seems like you know the world is just is just difficult. It's hard. It seems like nothing's going right at times, and you and I are pouring out our heart, and it just seems like there's no there's no response. But look at verse number fifteen. David writes here. He says, "For in Thee, O Lord, do I hope." He says, "No matter no matter what is going on in my life, I'm still going to hope." He said, "Thou wilt hear, O Lord, my God." For I said, hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to halt, and my sorrow is continually before me. It says, for I will declare mine iniquities, and I will be sorry for my sin. So you know what? He, he, he understood that, you know what? There's something going on in his life that he need to be sorry for the sin and to get that right. Look at Psalm 66. Psalm 66, just a few pages to the right. In verse number 16. Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what He hath done for my soul. I cried unto Him with my mouth, and He was extolled with my tongue. But look at verse number 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, this is, what the, this is what God's Word says, the Lord will not hear me. But verily, God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor His mercy from me. We hold iniquity in our heart. Um, we consider and we think about doing sinful things. It will inhibit our prayers, and God will not listen to them. I mean, if you're thinking about doing sin, and uh, you know you've you spent time at church and things like that, and you have that iniquity in your heart, He's not going to listen to your prayer. Right. If you're thinking about doing something uh, when you get done here, and, and maybe going out, or and 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 uh, uh, or even just what's been on your mind, and that's all you can think about, and uh, God's not going to hear your prayer because you're you're holding that iniquity in your heart. Uh, look at Ephesians. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 29. So says, "Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamour and evil-speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake." have forgiven you. See, there's a part within you called the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and God dwells inside of you. But when we sin, when we regard iniquity, when we disobey God, when we decide to, you know, turn away and we, and instead we, we allow bitterness to come into our hearts, we allow wrath and anger and clamor, evil speaking, and we allow malice to start to dwell in our life, it grieves the Holy Spirit. It grieves the Holy Spirit to a great degree. And, uh, and that is the biggest reason why our prayers don't get answered. Uh, if you look, uh, sorry, Romans eight twenty six and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. See, the Holy Spirit is, is within you to help you pray. To, you know, Sometimes we don't know what to pray for. Sometimes there's times where your heart is so broken and you can't even pray. And yet the Holy Spirit makes intercession for you. And uh, But when we grieve Him, I, I believe it inhibits and it, 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 it stops Him from interceding for us. The uh, rest of verse number 26 says, But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And uh, and so when we live in our when we live in our sin and we're doing the things that we please and we completely disregard the word of God we completely disregard the Holy Spirit and His promptings and and uh, and His cautionings and we say eh not interested and we begin to to hold that iniquity in our life and that sin that we do where nobody else knows but you God knows what it is He's is right there beside you inside you as you commit those sins and He's there. And he's watching you, and it grieves him. It grieves him. And we wonder, God, why don't you answer my prayer? Because you have grieved him. I'm glad it doesn't end there, though. Turn with me to First John chapter 1. First John chapter 1. verse number 6. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, and we walk in darkness, we lie. We do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Look at verse number 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. Look at at verse number 6. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, we say that, yeah, I'm a child of God, but if you're walking in darkness you're walking in sin if you're living a life of sin and you're doing wicked things that only you and god know uh says here we lie and we do not the truth see god can't have fellowship with darkness he can't have fellowship with wickedness and if we continue to to, to live in that in our life god's not going to listen to our prayer. But the greatest thing, though, is that if we confess our sin to God and we forsake it, He has promised to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If there is iniquity in your life and in your heart, it inhibits the fellowship that we have with God. And usually with fellowship requires both talking and listening to another person. So as long as you're walking in that darkness and you're walking uh, in that sin, God's not going to listen to you. He's not going to regard your prayer until you get it right, until you confess that uh, iniquity, until you confess that sin and get right with God. Uh, that's why people who are lost, they cannot have fellowship with God because they're in darkness. They're in darkness. And yes, when we, when we get saved, God forgives us of all of our sin. Yes, He does. But we can get ourselves dirty again. Yes, uh, we are we're saved from the penalty of sin. We no longer have to go to hell but we're not saved from the consequences. And one of those consequences is, is it, it, it separates our fellowship between us and God. And it strains that fellowship. Because uh, honestly, can we be honest, when when we're living in a life of sin, when we're, we're regarding iniquity, you don't want to pray. You don't want to read your Bible. You don't want to come to church. And that 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 closeness, that fellowship that you once had with God goes farther and farther and farther away and pretty soon, it's very hard to even recognize that you're even that you were even a Christian. You're so backslid. That's why it's so important to keep our hearts right with God. You know, if we're if we, if there's something that we uh, sin and we commit, uh, we're we, we're sinners. It's going to happen. It's it's going to happen no matter what because that's our nature. But we need to make sure that we we keep right with God. I heard his best. To, to keep short accounts with God. Don't let it build up, build up, build up, build up, and that relationship go get so strained and, and then finally say, I gotta get I gotta get right with God. You can save a whole lot of heartache if you just get right with God right when you mess up. And forsake it. Turn away from it. You know it's, uh something you need to do with between you and the Lord. Psalm thirty two five says. This is uh, David again writing. He says, I, I acknowledged my sin unto thee. He said, I, I I realized that what I had done. He said, And my iniquity have I not hid. He said, I didn't hide it away. You know, I didn't try to, to, to cover it up. He said, I knew that. I, he He's like, I knew I couldn't get away with it. Uh, he said, I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. See, the greatest part about getting right with God is that He cleanses you. He forgives you. He washes away and restores that fellowship between you and God. And that, I believe, is the biggest and most uh, strongest reason why God does not answer our prayer is because of our iniquity. It has strained our fellowship so much that uh, He's not listening. We're so far away from Him that. Um, our heart is in line with His. Secondly, this evening uh, is that we is to pray for the right things. Another reason why our prayers seem to not be answered is because we ask for the wrong things. We ask for the wrong things. James four three says, "Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust." See, oftentimes we pray for worldly things and desires. Um you know, things like you know, you'd be surprised, but uh there are a great number of people who claim to be Christians who pray about winning the lotto. They they I mean they sincerely pray to win the lotto. Um can you imagine if God answered every single one of those prayer requests? First of all, the jackpot would be like two euros. <laughs> but the thing is though, is that they're Praying for a worldly thing. A lustly thing. In other words, uh, they see the lotto as the answer to all their problems. And instead, it actually creates more problems than anything else. But they see this as the way out of their, their situation. The way out of their, tr- their struggles. And they ask them this. God's not going to answer that prayer. He's not. Because it's not... You're not asking the right thing. Instead of asking about, the, uh, about winning the lotto, maybe you start asking, Lord, I don't know what to do with this situation, but I need your help. Can you, can you reveal what path I'm supposed to, to take during this time? Uh, maybe there's, there's some financial issues and say, Lord, can you, can you send me some help? Can you send me some work? Can you send me... Uh, can you help me? Can you help me? And rely upon Him. Um... See, God will not bless ill-gotten gain because it's against His very nature of holiness. Psalm thirty-seven four says, "Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee desires of thine heart." See, Pastor mentioned this verse last week, and uh, it really it it really resonated uh, very strongly with me because it's one of my favorite verses of the Bible. And this is a verse that God has has given us as a promise. but Pastor is completely right. He said the, the reason why sometimes our desires are not given to us is because we have the wrong ones. We have the wrong desires. Uh, they're not, we, we have the, um, but as we grow closer to the Lord and we know the Lord, some of our desires should change and He'll grant them. I mean, when I first got saved, I had the, I came from the world and my desires were worldly they didn't line up with God's word they didn't line up with uh with scripture at all even with God's plan but as i began to know god and learn from god's word those desires changed they uh they began to line up with god's word and and he granted some of those desires uh one of those desires it's not wrong for the single guys in here to ask for to desire to ha- to get married that's not wrong um but those who are single and unmarried that want a wife or a husband, and though you've been desiring for some time, but can I ask you, why do you want to get married? what's the, What is your reasoning behind getting married? Can I ask you, are you prepared to have that responsibility and that of possible future children? Is that something that's on your heart? i mean if, if you're if you're wanting to get married for the wrong reasons, and for your own selfishness, I don't see why God wants to give you that answer, because you're going to be impacting not only just your life but the life of the spouse. And if you know, let's just face it, none of us who are married were ready when we got married. <laughs> you learn things. You know that's that's what marriage is all about. Um, but if your heart's not in it for the right reason. And you're not praying and asking God for the right reason. I don't think God's going to bring that spouse yet until you're ready, until you're, you, until the reason why you want a wife matches up with His. Uh, case in point, I chased and prayed for Jennifer for eight years. Okay, eight years. Remember that number, eight years. <laughs> and um, Lord had called me to missions. To be to come here in, to to come to Ireland, and we had courted and kind of had a relationship on and off during that time, but I told God that I'm not going to serve Him until He gives me a wife, and said I'm not going to serve it. I'm not going to go in the ministry. I'm not going to do anything for Him until He gives me my wife. Gives me a wife, and um, and nothing really blossomed and developed between Jennifer and I. But in January 2007, I finally surrendered my selfish pride and said, Lord, I'll serve you whatever you want in my life. Whether or not I'm married or not, I will serve you. And I was actually coming to Ireland in 2007 to help here uh, for six months. And within, as soon as I got my heart right... And my, my focus and my desire was right. God began to work everything together. Because within 10 months, Jennifer and I were married. God revealed everything and brought us together. When our desires are right, when our focus is right, God gives the desires of your heart. But you've got to also know it's in God's timing. See, back before that time, I wasn't ready to get married yet. I had the wrong mentality. I was, I was, I was pretty selfish maybe in my, in my thinking. Same thing with a job or career. It's great to have a good career. But if all you want is a high-paid job for the wrong reasons, God may not give it to you. He might not give you that job. Instead, we need to make sure our desires are right. Our desires line up with God. Thirdly, when it seems like God is silent, sometimes you just need to keep on praying. Keep on praying. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 10. See, sometimes an answer to prayer is beyond our control, and spiritual forces are interrupting the answer. Daniel chapter 10. Verse number 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he, un- and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. So God gave Daniel the, an answer and understanding of a vision. It says, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. So 21 days. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were filled. So he's fasted. He hasn't ate anything, he hasn't drank anything for, for three weeks. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the, of the great river, which is Hidekel, then I lifted up my eyes, and looked and behold a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Uphaz. His body also was like the barrel. And his face as the appearance of lightning, his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in unto corruption." And I retained no strength. Yet heard I the the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. He said unto me, "O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent." And when he had spoken his this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I come for thy words. So Daniel, as he began to pray about this vision that God had revealed unto him, God sent the answer. He sent the answer. Uh, But verse number 13 is the key verse here. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me One and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. And he goes on and explains the vision. Uh, But the key thing here is that Daniel prayed, and when that answer didn't come, for twenty-one days he kept on praying. He kept on asking God to uh, and praying about this vision that he, uh, was receiving and, and to, to, to understand it completely and things like that. And, um, and yet those 21 days he didn't eat, he didn't drink, but he kept on praying. He kept on praying. Um, but when that answer was sent by, was sent by God to give him that answer to prayer, uh, the, the angel was interrupted by the Prince of Persia. It was a demonic. It was a demonic inter- interruption and so uh and to the, to the degree that i mean it stopped this angel for 21 days i mean 21 days they're uh they're fighting and they're you know they're, he's trying to get to daniel and, and this this uh uh this this demon is interrupting him and finally michael which we know is the great archangel uh one of the chief princes came to help him and so he took over the fight and the angel was able to to go off and re- and give the, the the vision to daniel and um but we see here, sometimes there, when that delay is happening is because there's, there's a spiritual force out there that is, that is interrupting uh, that prayer getting answered. And so when it seems like times like that, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on asking the Lord until God gives you a clear answer. And if He says no, be content with His answer. He knows far better than we do what is best for us, though we may not understand it. And uh, I've learned that His way is far better than my way. Because oftentimes my way gets me into trouble, whereas if I if I uh, just lean upon Him and trust His way, His timing, it's always better. Um, Jesus also gives us a parable to illustrate this. Turn with me real quickly to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Verse number 1. <clears throat> it says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while... Uh, He's illustrating this this parable here to keep on praying. Uh, When it seems like we're we're, we're not getting an answer or response, don't give up. Keep on praying until God gives you an answer. Um, Fourthly, we need to keep on believing that, first of all, that God will answer. We need to believe that God will answer. See, our unbelief that God will answer our prayers oftentimes what limits it from being done. Uh, Turn real quickly with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Verse number 5. James 1, verse number 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and, give, and I give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave on the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So what, what are you getting from these verses? First of all is that if, if we're praying, but we don't believe God can answer it, He's not going to answer it because of our unbelief. And oftentimes the reason why our prayers do not get answered is because we just don't believe God can do it. We don't believe God's going to answer. We don't believe that it's even possible. And so a lot of times that's why God seems to not answer. And then we give up praying before God actually answers. You see, some requests may take time for God to answer because He answers the prayer requests. You know, we did that last October, we had the little booklet and things like that, and everybody turned in their prayer requests. I mean, we got a chance to see God answer some impossible prayer requests. It was awesome. We see people get saved, people got jobs. Uh it was it was amazing to see Trump won the election. <laughs> You know, but we all, we got a chance to see God do some great things. And um, and you know what? There are still some prayer requests that were listed on there that haven't been answered yet. But you know what? God's still working on them. I know a lot of people put salvation of different family members. God hasn't given up on them. So we just keep on praying for them. Keep on praying for them. Don't stop praying for your loved ones to get saved. Don't stop praying for healing for those you love and care about. Keep on praying. <clears throat> And keep believing that God's going to answer. Keep on believing. And lastly this evening, pray with others about your request. You see, some prayers are private prayers that are between you and the Lord. There are some things that you can only go to the Lord about. But there are also some prayers and desires that you have that you can share with others and pray with them about. This is the main reason, I think, that we have Wednesday night Bible study and the prayer meeting. Is so that we can come together, we can share our prayer requests, and we can pray together. See, there's something that God just blesses when people gather together to pray about something. I, I can't understand it. It's just, it, it is amazing that when people come together to pray, God seems to hear. He kind of, he kind of leans his ear down, I think, a little bit more intently. And, and, he, and, he, and he listens. Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20 says, Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. I don't fully understand it. I I honestly don't. But I believe that God blesses times of prayer when believers come together to pray about particular things. There's just something special where God says, if two or three are gathered together, I'm there. And sometimes we don't take advantage of that. I mean, it's a struggle enough just for us to pray by ourselves. But how often do you and I get together with somebody else just to pray? Just to pray about our burdens, our needs, our desires, things that are going on in our life that honestly are beyond our control and we just need God to intercede. I mean, how often do you pray with others besides just your spouse or family? It's important. But outside of Wednesday night, do you pray with other believers? Do you take that time to pray with them? This should be a good challenge for you and I to do so more regularly. Because there are some things that seem impossible in my life and in your life. And I know that I'm not the only one that needs answers to prayers. And we might just need just to start gathering gathering some people and making it more important in our life to just uh, grab someone and just start praying with them. You know, maybe just ring them up on the phone and say, "Hey, do you got a couple of minutes where you can pray with me about something?" You know, just taking that extra special time of prayer. God will bless it. I, you know, and, and and it'd be interesting to see if what God could do if we actually started making prayer a, more of a priority in our life and actually making it a, a, an integral part of our of our church family. Just that, you know, not only do we care about each other, but we're praying for each other. And we're praying with each other. Because, honestly, when you start praying with people, you start to build a closeness with them. Because you learn what's on their heart. And they learn what's on your heart. They know what you're going through and the struggles that you have. And you know the struggles that they have. And it builds, uh, it builds a family. James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. God wants us to pray. And I know I listed a few things tonight, but I just hope that it would just be encouragement to you this evening to, to want to, to keep on praying. Maybe to get back into praying. Maybe, you know, maybe since last, last year when we focused on prayer and, and we're getting together in prayer and, and maybe since then your prayer life has been kinda, eh, non-existent. Or maybe it's not as strong as, as as it was back in those last few months, la, uh, last year. And maybe it's a good challenge for you to get back into praying. Maybe that's the reason why God hasn't been answering your prayers is because you haven't been making it a priority in your life. And uh, so tonight we looked at some of the reasons why our prayers seem not to be heard and God being silent in our prayer life. Now these are just a few of the possible answers to why God's not answering them. But hopefully it should encourage you and I to not be discouraged and to resolve what is going on with your walk with God. As we looked at tonight, the biggest reason our prayers are not heard is because of our sin and and quenching the Holy Spirit. Perhaps tonight you've been living in sin and you're just putting on a show for church and may the Holy Spirit reveal something you're doing wrong in your life. Can I ask you to take time when we sing the hymn tonight, just turn around your seat and just go to the Lord. Get right with God. That's the most important thing. know, yeah, it's, it's great to have that, to sing that hymn together, but that time is for you. If there's something that God has worked on your heart, that is a time that you need to get right with Him, that you need to talk with Him, that you need to spend time in prayer with Him. Take that time and kneel down and pray. Pray for as long as you need to in order to get things right. See, this is the reason why we have church, is to give you an opportunity to get right with God so that there is nothing between you and God and stopping your fellowship in prayer. I mean, if you need to talk with pastor about something that's going on in your life, he's here. He's here to help you with your relationship with God. He is your shepherd. He is the one that God has put in your life to help you in your relationship with God. And there's something that you're going through that uh, you're having struggles with, he's here to help you. And if you're not saved tonight, you've never been born again, trusting Jesus Christ alone for salvation of your soul, Why wait another day? See, God wants to be your father and to save your soul from hell. He wants to have that relationship with you. He wants to, He wants to, to, to hear your prayer. He wants you to, He wants you to be His child. Perhaps you've been praying for the wrong desires and things or with the wrong motive and attitude. Maybe tonight it may reveal, you you know what? Maybe I just have the wrong desire for why I want something in my life. Maybe God hasn't given you a clear answer of what you're praying for. Don't stop praying. Keep praying until God answers. And perhaps your request is something that requires fasting and prayer over. David did, or sorry, Daniel did for three weeks. He fasted and he prayed till that answer came. But don't stop believing God can answer your prayer. I mean, He is the creator of the universe. I mean, He's the great physician. He's the owner of a cattle of a thousand hills. I mean, keep, just believe that He can. I know sometimes it's so hard because it's, it's sometimes the answer is, is beyond our, our imagination. But if He can but speak and our world and universe be formed perfectly, He is able to answer your request. He has the power. He has the ability. But are you fully trusting and believing in Him doing it though? And lastly tonight, perhaps your prayer is something that you should find someone who you can trust and can confide in, and pray together about, and more than just a one-off event. Maybe you need to make something uh, a, a, an often-time thing. Find you a prayer partner, or several partners, and start making prayer a serious thing in your life. And if you make prayer a serious part of your Christian walk, I believe you start seeing them start answering more of your prayers. If you if you if your heart stays right with God. If you, if you believe it in God that God's going to answer your prayer, if you're taking that time to spend time in prayer, He's going to answer those prayers and your faith will increase. And it will be an encouragement to others who also may be struggling with their prayer life. Let's go ahead and bow in a word of prayer and we'll have our hymn. Father, we do thank You. And Lord, there was a lot on the plate tonight, but God, as, I, as You just was speaking to my heart the last couple of days, Lord, I know there's been some of these that uh when you have gone silent in my life, that were in the way. And um and Lord, I I pray, God, that um there's someone here tonight, Lord, that their their Christian walk really isn't what they say it is. Maybe they're, hold, they're they've got iniquity in their life, in their heart. They're not walking right with you. And um and I wonder, maybe God, why, why aren't you answering my prayer? And it's because, God, you see their double life. You see their sin. You see their, uh, the way that they're living. And, um, and it's not like a Christian should be. And Father, I pray that maybe tonight that, God, that they would get right with you. That whatever is going on in their life, that they know that they're doing wrong, God, that they would, uh, forsake it, they would confess repent of it, and God turn back you and restore that fellowship. God, you want to hear their prayer. You want to answer their prayer. You want to be that father uh, to them that uh, every child desires. And God, I just pray that you would, um, Lord, just reveal, reveal if there is something like that happening in in, a, in a, uh, anyone's life tonight. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you would, God, just help us, Lord, as as we desire to uh, to pray more, to make more time for you, Lord. And uh, God, that uh, in our life that we would make prayer more serious. And God, just encourage us to do that, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.